0: About loving people first. So I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast today by Bubba Stolcup. Bubba, how you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Stephen, how are you doing, man?
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm really good. And and thank you so much for giving up uh, some of your time to to come on and and chat about film and and and, and culture and 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 what you guys are, are are up to. So I guess for for those listening that have no idea about about you and, and love that nerd, it would be great just to. To hear a bit, little bit about yourself and your context and 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 what it is that you do.
1: Yeah, so I'm the CEO, founder, and president here at Love Thy Nerd, and I was, I was lucky enough to have five other people join me on this journey, and so we have six founders total, and we all came over from a previous ministry um, called Game Church, and we all got involved in that in different ways, but basically with that ministry did was we would go to nerd culture events conventions like a comic-con or sn and stuff like that and we would go and have a booth inside not outside and tell people that jesus loves them not that he hates them and he hates all the things that they hate um or that they love rather but that he he loves them just as they are and he wants to have a relationship with them so we would do that in the booth and give them a a little bible a little gospel of john in, in gamer nerd language so that they could kind of Not necessarily understand it, because I don't think it made it any easier to understand, but it made it relatable. Hmm. And then we would give them a lanyard, you know, button, stickers, stuff like that. Well, we did that for, some of us did it for, I I would say, probably close to six or seven years, maybe a little bit more, a little bit less for some of us. And then we moved over to make this ministry, to found this ministry, Love Thy Nerd, where a lot of what we do is is very similar. We have an outreach arm, a missions arm, where we go to these same nerd culture events or similar nerd culture events. But we don't have a booth now we partner with the people that have booths there the publishers okay. designers you know distributors that need to sell the games and we tell our people all the time your mission when you're in that booth is to be the absolute best employee or volunteer that they've ever had and so we through through our acts of love and through our service that's how we share the love of jesus with them and they know mm-hmm. when we come in that hey we're, we're jesus we're, we're Jesus all the way through and through. Um, we're a Christian religious 501c3 public charity, nonprofit organization. Like that's, that's what we do. <clears throat> so we give them all that ahead of time. And then we back it up with the stuff that we do. So that's like that arm of it. Um, we call that relational outreach. So mm. we're going to be the love of Jesus to every single person that we can at every single moment. And so we, we kind of do that because we believe and it's been proven to us over and over again at least in our context that you have to earn that right to speak truth into somebody's life right if i tell you that jesus loves you for some people that is oh i knew that yeah sure why not um but for other people it's the most offensive thing that they've ever heard and Mm. i'm still and i think for the rest of my life i'll still be understanding the offense of that and the more i learn the better it makes me at not converting people to Christianity, but talking to them about this Jesus that I love so much and helping to kind of make that that conversation that I spoke, like uh, that, that that conversation that approach very bespoke and tailored to the things that they need, not in order to manipulate. But so that, again, they can understand, hey, the same things that brought me to Jesus, maybe, you know, the things that drive you from Jesus. What's what's the connection point? So we have a relational outreach approach. We also have a website, lovethynerd.com. That is our thoughtful content arm. We want people, and we're gonna. This is what we're gonna be talking about a lot today. We want people to to think critically and Christianly about the content that they consume, not to labor over necessarily what they consume. I think that that again is a more personal conversation to have with people. Where are your limitations? What are the things that that cross the line for you? Not that everything is subjective, right? Like. Um, the Bible gives us a pretty, pretty strict moral line, but it does allow for some ambiguity and gray area. And so, I was talking with my wife today, uh, our guest yesterday, about um, you know Paul when he says all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. Like, yeah, why do we move so quickly past that first part onto the second part? Right? Like, what does that mean? How do we chew on that? So we have that arm where we do podcasts. Um, we have seven podcasts that are in our network. I think nine total. Um, we're, we kind of shelf some after a while, but we've got we got a podcast network. We have a radio station that's 24 hours of just Christian, you know, radio and music, and our podcast stuff is on there. Sometimes we highlight our friends' podcasts, people in our network, um, and then we also do you know normal like blogs and articles and listicles. And one of my favorite things is resources. So all of those things are a means to an end for the resource. Hey, what do you want to know about D and D? What is what's a what's a Christian take on D and D? Here's a list of 50 articles and podcasts and video shows, um, and so we create those things. And you know, our director of content and resources, uh, Matt Coker, he is slain over there doing that. And then, last but not least, um, you know, we we have our intentional community. One of my favorite words in any language is koinonia, and that's the Greek word for intentional fellowship. It shows up for the first time in Acts. And it's not an accident, it's intentional. And fellowship is us doing things together with people who are like-minded. Now we use all those words in Christian context a lot, but they can just as easily be used outside of Christian context. And so what we're trying to do is to go into the world and all of these areas in an area that we understand, like, hey, maybe you know about D&D, maybe you you know movies, maybe you know video games, maybe you know board games, whatever, it doesn't matter. How can we... Equip people to go into those spaces to be effective missionaries and preachers and teachers and just people that propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. And like Mm. in a nutshell, that's what Love Thy Nerd does.
0: No, that's great. Uh, Thank you for that. But um, I just wonder because obviously, from my experience, uh, kind of Christianity and certain elements of 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 culture whether that be gaming culture ho- hollywood whatever the, the christians in the general have had quite a a disdain on it quite a fear on it um i i i wonder if you've in 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 your ministry and your work have you have you found that and and how have you navigated that maybe with people who have just gone oh no you just shouldn't go near uh, dungeons and dragons or or <laughs> anything like that
1: yeah, Stephen, only every single conversation I feel like I've had <laughs> over the last 10 years, right? So I mean, you, we have to, I don't want to say we have to understand this is what I've come to know, right? Um, We as human beings in this world, we fear, we absolutely tremble at the things we don't understand. And I think it's a lack of control. Um, when we understand something, when we know it, we can, we can control it, right? And I think that, I mean, that that doesn't end at scripture. We know a lot of we know a lot of people in our own lives that when they they hear a Bible verse, or they listen to a sermon or a podcast, or somebody brings up a topic, it can be as short a conversation as "Ah, I've already read that. And that's it, we close ourselves off from learning, because I think it might be the fear of learning something new. Mm. There's a word out there that is kind of sweeping the Christian world, right? And it's deconstruction. And it is instilling like demonic level terror in everybody that hears it. Um, When I think that we need to, we need to think about it. We need to embrace it. We need to understand, you know, again, like I was saying, these bespoke approaches, these tailor-made approaches, why are people going through those things? Why, why, why would somebody want to question the power of God or the role of the Holy Spirit or the importance of prayer or the need for fasting? Why would they want to, somebody who's been a Christian for you know, 15, 20 years, why would they want to question those things instead of just having a knee-jerk reaction that is, you can't do that? Oh, that's only going to drive people further away. Like, How do we sit down and ask questions? So that extends into media and entertainment every single day. There is a brand new, as of the time of this recording, a brand new Dungeons and Dragons movie that is set to release it is it has an imminent release and I am still having conversations with parents moms more moms than anything how do I how do I get my son to not want to go see that movie I'm like why why would you do that and so all of that stuff stems specifically with Dungeons and Dragons from the late 70s early 80s with the satanic panic and there is a fan Fantastic documentary out there on Tubi, T-U-B-I. Um, here in the States, man, there is just, you can't hardly watch anything on the internet without seeing some you know, ad for Tubi. But you can go on there. It's free. And just look up Satanic Panic. Um, good friend of ours. He goes by the name of Geek Preacher, Derek White. He was a big part of creating that documentary to mm-hmm. help people understand where it came from um, you know, that D&D actually is not you know, calling up the devil or doing anything like that. Like, he doesn't own that. It was actually created by, you know, a, a guy who has he has a faith background at the very least, right? Like, you can go to, his name is Gary Gygax. You can go to his, his convention. He's passed away, but he has a convention called uh, GygaxCon. Uh, maybe they call it GaryCon now. Either way, he has a convention in, of his namesake. And they hold worship services at that convention. Right. The board game library that is donated is like watched over and cared for by Christian organizations. Like the roots of all of it come out of military gaming, not summoning demons and reciting spells. And so one of the things that we, we like to do a lot of times is just, you know, tell, tell parents and, you know, concerned clergy when they ask how, you know, we don't want our kids playing D&D. How do we get them to stop? Because they're just casting spells. It's just a simple question. And it's not to throw shade or to hate on anybody, but it's, how do you know? Mm. How do you know? And it's like, oh, yeah, well, I've never played. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I mean, like, look like back, you're, you're, you're throwing a pretty heavy accusation. How do you know they're casting spells? Have you ever cast a spell before? Or do you just watch Harry Potter or you've heard, heard a preacher one time tell you that, that's what they're doing they're casting spells Mm -hmm. and so again it's it's this idea Stephen that we don't we don't take time to learn anything about anything as Mm -hmm. Christians we come into the room as God's gift to humanity Um, and I've I've read enough of the Bible to know that that's just not how it works Um, Mm -hmm. sometimes uh, God does not necessarily choose the people that I might choose to carry out his will and so if we come in like Samson um, we will do a lot more damage um, than we do good. And all the mm. way, even up to the end of his story, that is what he did. Was That that, that guy was just, he was a wrecking ball. And so, so I think that as in as much as it pertains to media and could be video games, could be TV, could be movies, it's all of them all the time, right? And so many more things, comic books, music, yada, yada, yada. I think that as we start to try to navigate these waters um, we can do it a couple of different ways, right? We can, we can be nimble. We can be a canoe, man. We can, we can go, we can weave in and out of every single thing, or we can charge for like a freighter, um, and just knock down everything in our path. And I think that, I think that the canoe is probably the, the, the best, most personal way that we can do it. But we find ourselves with podcasts and with organizations and nonprofits and for-profits, having to bring a lot more people on with us that will fit in a canoe, right? And so mm-hmm. we have to find ways to carefully maneuver and navigate through these things because we can't move forward like a freighter. If we move forward like a freighter, we're going to doze over all the little guys that are in front of us. And we see that happening. We see that the the big church, right? Capital C Church across the world, widely known for the things that that – Divide us and not unite us. Like we we make God famous for the things that He hates, or at mm. least that we say that He hates. And so, you know, w- before we started recording, you were telling me um, about you know the episode you just recorded about Scream Six, and that made me very happy. It made me very happy because it it gave me a framework of the the direction that our conversation was going to go, which was, in my eyes, hopefully not going to be, what are the great Christian movies out there that we can get yeah. people to watch. And I constantly have the conversation, man, with with everybody, anybody that will listen to me, that is just like, most of the Christian content out there is not super great. Um, at worst, it's terrible. Mm. At best, it's just sometimes not for me, right? Like, I know that resonates with people. I'm not going to name anything because I want to keep relationships going with people. But like... Um, We'll talk about the things that I do I do really appreciate here in just a minute, I'm sure. But the things, the things that I think that we could be a lot better at, and that would change the conversation is just if we were if we were better, period. Mm-hmm. If we got back to a renaissance mindset of um, you know, maybe not again, not having to be the best, but at least being able to hang with the best. If we're gonna make any kind of media, let's just do it really well. Mm-hmm. If we try as best we can at Love Thy Nerd to hit those marks in as much as we are able and in our areas. Podcasts we do, we've got a pretty high um, expectation for that network. Our video stuff, pretty high expectations for those things. The articles that we write, the resources that we build, when we go and speak at conferences and you know for churches and stuff like that, we have pretty high bars that we try to get over. Not just meet, but get over. And so I think that that's kind of where it lands for me is, how do we navigate it? Better. <laughs> it's just to do better, to be better. Yeah, yeah, definitely,
0: and 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 I guess a level of of humility within in that as well, which I th- I think comes with your your analogy of the canoe rather than something that, that just steamrolls through and just yeah, assumes we are right, everyone else is wrong, and and it's all just about us convincing someone else why we are why we are right. Um, yeah, I, I loved the on the last series of of Stranger Things, obviously covered. Dungeons yeah. and Dragons, and a little bit of the the satanic panic stuff. Not as much as maybe I would have liked them to have seen, but they they, they definitely nodded to obviously yeah. wards the the community getting really worried and then jumping to conclusions. oh well, they're they're killing now, and that they're responsible for the yep. murders because they're they're playing D and D. Um. So I so I liked that it was yeah it was covering something of that
1: uh, within got a little that. bit more yeah. like the stakes got higher, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, so so now you know I'm not going to ask you what your favourite Christian <laughs> movie is, or or Christian TV show. Yeah. On, on on previous episodes, what I've done sometimes is obviously ask uh, guests what's a, a movie or TV show that really impacted them, or inspired them, or even challenged their views, or that they they met God uh, within mm. it. So so when I bring that question to you, what what kinds of films or, or TV shows come to mind for you?
1: I mean, first of all, I feel like you and I could just talk for days about Stranger things (laughs) like I just I use that as an example of so many things. Um, Mm. And satanic panic, honestly, is one of them. Uh, In in the probably the last four talks that I've given in front of, you know, crowds and stuff, right? I, I actually don't bring it up nearly as much as I should on podcasts, but in front of crowds and churches that need to hear these things. We talk about that. And I'm like, man, For us, it it, kind of was a bummer, if I'm being real, because I knew it was going to start all those conversations all over again. If I ever thought Mm -hmm. I got to the end of Satanic Panic, Stranger Things was like, hey, but don't forget, like the Satanic Panic was a real thing that existed. But I really love what it did. And I was able to have more conversations with people about Stranger Things and about, you know, kind of how D&D is more popular now than it ever has been in its 40 plus year history, right? And it's because of things like Stranger Things. Uh, I took it and drug it kicking and screaming into the mainstream. Um, but that I mean it it things don't begin begin and end with with Stranger Things. I mean, like right now, The Last of Us is creating just some of the most like emotionally charged yeah. conversations that I've had in a very long time. And I love that stuff. Um I'm an Enneagram eight, so my band is towards like conflict. And so i fight against that i'm trying to be a better person every day um but at the end of the day it's like man it my my desire and my mood most of the day is just to ask people hey why do you like that why don't you like that instead of going oh i'm sorry i didn't know that that was going to make you emotional um i'll ask a different question i'm like just well why help me understand like i want to know more about you i want to know i want to know you as a person um but i mean honestly Legit, like The Last of Us is. If I had to pick a TV show currently, I just finished it a couple of days ago, season mm-hmm. finale, and ba- I'm gonna say every single episode, um, to me was an eight or higher if I were to rate things. And I knew people were watching it right because I know the world I live in. I'm around nerds all the time; they're watching it, unless they're not, right? And like that was a big thing for me <clears throat> to be able to understand. Even though this is the most popular thing, basically in the world right now, um, Last of Us, there are still people out there in my subset of a subset of a niche of a bubble that are not watching it because it's super triggering for them, and okay. it's not triggering in a way that is, you know, popular or sets them apart. It's like, you know, hey, I, I can't do it because that person's name is is this. I can't do it because of the themes that they talk about yeah. in men. Last of Us gets into some themes. Yeah. You want to really understand the depravity of of humanity? You want to really understand our need for Jesus in the world? Um, anything post-apocalyptic really will always ring a bell for me, always. Because it is where, what's the extreme? When you take away civility, when you take away government, when you take away anything and everything and you only leave people to their own devices and anarchy, then what? Like in uh, the second to last episode, it's it's all about a cult that is under the guise of Christianity. Like that's the banner that it raises and that it flies. And at one point, Ellie, the main character, asks the villain in that in that particular episode, which they do they do episodic villains so well. Um, Ask the villain in that main uh, in that episode. Um, he's using the Bible as a as a means of like control for his people. And she's like, everything is gone. Why do you still believe that? And so like that question is like, man, that every single person in their life is one circumstance away from that, right? Mm. Everything that you know and love is gone. Why do you still believe that thing? And so his answer, again, he's the villain, right? So his answer goes in a really weird direction, but our answer should be that the hope that lies within us, right? Like how, how could we not say and do and preach and give our testimony about these things how could we not and so i look at those and that's really a big thing for me and it fits into my the last of us fits into my my category of would i recommend it i don't recommend it right? Because it's not for everybody. I rec- I try to recommend things that I think that a large swath of people or, you know, that would be broadly approachable. If it's got heavy mature content, if it's, you know, dealing with a lot of like really mature themes, and I mean mature, not immature, right? Like a lot of times, things are are rated R or mature for the immaturity that it has in yeah. it. Um, this is legit mature. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, you can raise all the questions you want about it. And I was like, man, every question you have, Every issue you have with that, let's talk about it. What is, why are you, and I'm not even saying you're wrong, but what is the issue you have and why do you have that issue? Let's talk about it. Let's get a conversation going. Mm-hmm. But if I were to choose a movie, Stephen, this is the same, like, I, this isn't a, uh, just for this podcast or because you're asking me this. This is, you can ask anybody around me, this is my answer through and through. The movie that starts the most conversations The movie that I will direct almost any conversation I can to and the movie that I think does the best job of drawing people to Jesus is The Book of Eli. Um, Okay. Have you seen The Book of Eli? Denzel Washington. Yeah, Um, Gary Oldman, absolutely. And so a lot of the same things that I was talking about with The Last of Us in that episode in particular, dystopian future, Mm post-apocalyptic, using the, the Bible as a means to control people, that's what was happening in this movie. But I think it does it and it elevates it to a level that is legitimately unparalleled in Hollywood or Bollywood or any other wood that's out there, right? Like, I, it, I think it stands alone because if you've not yet seen the movie, it's a billion years old. Um, I think it came out in 2010. Uh, but anyway, it... um yeah 2010 and it is rated R right and so for me I'm like oh give me more of that give me more of that because it's really hard for me to get my my friends who don't love Jesus at best don't love him and at worst they hate him to go and watch Fireproof the Kirk Cameron right like they they're not going to make that jump I went to um my wife and I we were at a we were at a youth conference a long time ago, many moons ago, probably like twelve years ago, right? We were at a youth conference and they showed an uh, an advanced screening of Soul Surfer. Okay, and that's the the movie about the the young lady that gets her arm bitten off yeah, by a shark. Talking. Yeah, and I mean the story is phenomenal. It's just ridiculous. But we asked them very specifically. I asked them publicly. Hey, is this a movie? that my non-Christian friends are going to want to go to. And even better than that, is this a movie that my students are going to be able to invite their non-Christian friends to come see? And they said, yes, no problem. It'll be fine. Um, It's not preachy. It's not any of this stuff. Stephen, we get in that movie. And if you've not seen it yet, it's very preachy. Like it does that. It's, it's this, it's the guise of surfing, right? That's the, that's the umbrella that it falls under. And then like halfway through her youth pastors coming and talking to her and they're talking about God and Jesus and all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, man, I asked you guys a very specific question and you couldn't, you couldn't even just tell me the answer. I'd be like, Hey, you know, I want you guys to watch a movie and just find out. You told me absolutely no problem. They're going to want to go see it. That is the, those are the blinders that we have on as the church is that Mm -hmm. Well, why wouldn't they want to come see it? Let me get let me pull out my notebook, you know, my diary, and I'll tell you all the reasons that I wrote down of, you know, why my friend Jimmy doesn't want to come see this movie. He feels hoodwinked. Then comes the book of Eli, right? Or first came, I don't remember in timeline, but the book of Eli comes along and I'm like, absolutely, I have no problem. I have no problem whatsoever recommending this movie to people and telling them I cannot wait to talk to you about this movie when it's over. Because you're going to want to talk about it. Denzel Washington knows the Bible, like no, doesn't just know about it. He has the entire thing memorized. That's the crux. That's, that's the final arc of the movie is that all of the other Bibles are gone except for the one in Denzel's head, right? Like he has the last, it's a KJV, right? But he has the last KJV in his brain and he is forced to remember it. And because of that, It's able to live on after him and the things that he does because he has that in him, like it emphasizes the power of scripture and the work of God in somebody's life and how other people will try to get it and to grab it and steal it. They just want the power. There's stories Mm. in the Bible about that in the new Testament about people just, how do I get the power that you have? And it's like, no, we're not, that's not how it works. Right? Like this isn't a, this isn't the one ring right like this isn't just going to make you powerful just because you have it there is a way to wield this power and you don't you don't know that and most Mm -hmm. people that have it don't know how to do it and so like it's just like to me book of eli top notch sits above everything else
0: so yeah so you definitely get that leaning towards the 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 post-apocalyptic stuff and and it because it gets it gets you wrestling with 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 those questions, but also then, as you say, it kind of creates that those converse, easy conversations that you can ha- then have with people around around what happens when everything is gone and, and gets to the very heart of humanity. Because I guess for me, uh, conversations I've had around Game of Thrones, obviously very, yes. very different, not a post-apocalyptic thing, but that same thing of the inhumanity of yeah. humanity, showing that the real... Dark heart of of humanity and 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 power and and what people will do for power and and how people ultimately need God in in the midst of that and and what happens when when people don't connect yeah. with God and I, I've had those those discussions and and I get it with Game of Thrones it's the content is strong for sure. yeah especially in in, in those first uh, couple of series um, yeah particularly. Uh, and and so, I get why for for some, that's just not that's just not helpful uh, for me, but I think, yeah, there's wonderful conversations similar to those ones within uh, I think Book of Eli and the last of us of mm-hmm. of that inhumanity of of mankind,
1: yeah, it's one of those things like the the what I call the secret sauce, right of of starting any conversation is is finding a way to make it relatable. how How do people how do people understand representation um and see it? you know just identify representation in <clears throat> in the things that they're reading watching playing and experiencing and so with a post apocalyptic story it's difficult because i can go outside to the grocery store i can i can drive my car down a clear road but you you approach the idea what if everything that you knew was gone you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the Bible in the New Testament, it talks about this. It's it's like, yeah, to to what good is it to love those who love you, you know, to to serve those who serve you? That's the it's easy, right? Like, it, what if we took all the easy out of it? Would you still follow Jesus? Would you still live a life that is holy and pleasing inside of God? Or would you compromise absolutely everything and throw it out the window in order to survive? Because mm-hmm. that's really what it is. What happens when your security blanket, when your comfortability is removed? Would you still choose to follow God? Or do you follow him because you live a cush life? Mm -hmm. And then you can very easily kind of move that conversation into there are places in the world where the book of Eli is basically happening every single day to them. Every day. People are without food. They're constantly fearful for their life. Um, and they have to find a way to live out their faith in a way that most certainly will get them killed, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's just because it's not happening to me doesn't mean it's not happening, right? We need to understand that my circumstance is is more than what exists in the world today. This is not you know, the matrix. We're not living in a simulation, right? Like, it's not just the things that are around me that that are, you know, rendering and everything else is buffering and waiting for me to get there. Like, the world spins all over the world and so uh being able to understand that there is a, a, that the world is fallen and broken and you know we live in the aftermath of genesis 3 we do um it makes it tangible right in a mm-hmm. you know highly you know dramatized way but like it makes it tangible that hey this this is legit we're 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 literally at any given moment one circumstance away from anarchy, and so um, right now in the world, you know, I keep up with these things because I have to. I got a lot of people that I'm worried about all the time, employees and otherwise. Like banks are failing all over all over the the United States right now, and mm-hmm. my guess is will be that it it moves past that. Um, the national debt ceiling here in the states uh, is is causing all of those issues and it's calling causing people to panic. Meta, um, you know, the owners of Facebook they just laid off another 10,000 people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the possibility is getting more and more possible, plausible and probable, right in different areas that this could be somebody's life closer to you, and could even possibly be your life, right? And so I don't long for those moments, I don't want to, to, to run headlong into those things. But at the same time, it's like, man, if we're we're going to be talking about what it means to truly follow Jesus. We need to explore the options. We need to explore the circumstances in which we would follow Jesus. Um, how much of scripture do you actually know? Like how much time do you spend with God? What if you couldn't have a Bible? How would that change the way that you experienced him? And so we see that with with Mila Cunha's character in Book of Eli, is She didn't know jack or squat about God at all, mm. but she finds herself wanting to like draw towards that because of what she sees in Denzel Washington's character Um, and so in Eli. So anyway, it's just like, again, I could just talk for days and days and days about the things. And those are just the things that I get out of it, right? Then you let somebody sit and you listen to them and you're like, man, I never, I never even thought about that. That's Mm. crazy. Let's have another conversation about that.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's, that's really good. That's great. Thank you.
1: Yeah, so nerd culture missions are super important, not just to us at Love Thy Nerd, but in general, because it is an unreached people group. They are at best marginalized and at worst demonized. We want to help people understand that the things that you like matter because they matter to you, and you matter to God.
0: Obviously, the the particular focus on 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 this podcast is 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 with youth workers, yep. and uh, a and, and those working with. With young people, um, especially, uh, with, within your work, do you do you have a lot of engagement with with youth workers and, and particularly young people? I know you you talked about um, parents and 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 pastors, particularly on the example of yeah. of D and uh, but do you, do you engage much with 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 youth youth workers and and, and young people in the work that you do?
1: Yeah, <clears throat> uh, it was one of those things that we kind of fought against pretty early on. And I don't want to say that we've given into it, but we've we've found a way to do it well these days. So a lot of people will see uh, they, they just think we're a video game ministry. Right. Um, And that's it. But nerd culture, like I said, is so much broader than that. And we we very particularly deal with like pop culture, comic books, movies, entertainment, TV shows, video games, tabletop experiences and TTRPGs. And so that's kind of like the the specific subset of the subset that we deal with. doesn't matter, <laughs> you know, like we're going to get, we're going to get there and, and a mom's going to go, Hey, you know, what Christian games should my kid play on their Xbox? And I'm like, yeah, we're asking all the wrong questions. And so we, we finally got to the point where we're like, let's stop trying to correct people on who it is we are and what we do, because at the end of the day, you kind of serve the people that come to you. And so, um, what we've given into, and that's like, it feels like so like defeatist, you know, verbiage, right? Well, we've just given into it, but we've given way to it to say, hey, you know, we're going to have parents that come and ask these questions. So let's give them really great answers. But we're not a youth group. We're not a we're not a youth ministry. I did youth ministry for five and a half years. I know what it is and what it isn't, right? <laughs> like, I, we're, we're not that. But that doesn't mean that we can't serve that audience. It doesn't mean that we can't give the moms and the dads and the, you know, the youth workers and the parents, you know, the things that they need in order to uh, effectively work with the students in their lives, whether it's Mm. their children or not. And so one of the things that we've, we've had the opportunity to do is um, maybe I have this book in front of me. I do one second. It's one of our founders wrote a book. And that book is called know thy gamer and know thy gamer is a book that is written by Drew Dixon. Um, he's one of our founders. and he, I mean, he's worked for for Lifeway. Um he's now working for a different Christian publisher, but he was the like the managing editor of their students um, experiencing God content. And so he had the opportunity to to finally, you know, write a book. And this is legitimately a parent's guide to video games. like that's that's what it is. And so, rather than going, that's not what we do. I'm just so sorry. You're gonna have to go somewhere else. Maybe there's another curriculum you can. It's like, man, hey, we've got kids. I got four kids, man, and they they are nerdy on the, all the whole spectrum of nerdiness, right? And I want my kids to be well equipped. I want the ministry that I'm part of to to love and serve them well and help them grow into you know wonderful men and women hopefully of jesus and so as we kind of move into that it's like okay we wrote a book for like basically for parents of of children right um as say we did drew wrote that book but we're not a children's ministry right mm-hmm. but we do have we have things that'll that'll speak to that and so we work with people all over you know the the age spectrum and it's it's really crazy. I mean, you get into the statistics, right? Hey, do you work with youth, youth workers? Uh, we, we almost have to. Um, even if we didn't want to, it doesn't matter what I want because the average age of a gamer is 36 years old. Um, that's kind of like youth worker age, right? Like um, that's because Super Mario landed on US shores in 1986 and that was 36 years ago. And so like some of us, I'm 36 years old. Some of us have known have not known a life without without Mr. Mario Mario in our life, and so mm-hmm. it makes sense that like, hey, the the video game industry is on the rise. Well, it's because we got money now, and you know that's the, our parents weren't really, you know, leading the charge and buying us those things. And so, we have worked with uh, Campus Crusades for Christ, now known as Crew, to help them develop, um, you know, things for high school and and middle school as they reach out into that, and also for college campuses. You know, we've advised them and and consulted with them and spoken to their people about stuff like that. Um, we're working globally with you know a bunch of ministries and organizations to help across the world, people to use gaming and nerd culture as a way to to reach youth because that is the number one space to reach period. you can you can reach an older generation, but if you can if you can penetrate and get into the young generations, right? And you can cut through all the all the crap that they know about church, all the preconceived notions that they have. Then you can really affect culture moving forward, um, mm-hmm. because uh, in as much as the problems are systemic, I believe that the solutions should also be systemic. And so you got to get to the root cause in order for people to accept and be willing to listen about, uh, listen to people talk about Jesus. And so we try to find ways to do all that, Stephen. We've worked with a. We're the organization and still are a partner with an organization out of California um, called UIWI, Urban Youth Workers Institute. And we developed with them um, a, a tool, a resource that we call Developing Digital Disciples. This was birthed during the pandemic, and it was a way for youth leaders to do just that. Like, hey, man, church doesn't stop. How do we keep that, that train moving forward? Um, and if anybody wants that, I'll give you the, you know, the web address and mm. you can use it. It's, it's just love thy nerd slash 3d, the number three, the letter D reading developing digital disciples. So completely free resource. It's not like 98 pages long. It just talks through four things that, that, you know, you would need in order to, to develop digital disciples and their principles, not, you know, not silver, silver bullets, but um, so we've, we, we do that. And then I legit, I'm going to speak at um, a middle school camp this summer. I just got done doing a fall retreat for, um, you know, a couple of youth groups in Houston, Texas. Like we're, we're out there speaking to people, speaking to students, speaking languages that they know and that they understand. And also at the same time, speaking to the parents and the youth workers and saying, hey, you don't need me here to do this. You can do this. How do we train you, equip you and empower you? um and maybe even just embolden you to know that hey you don't have to have some fancy speaker come in and tell your kids this like you can just play games with them that's really what mm-hmm. they want they want you to play games with them we, they want you to talk about the things that they're talking about now if you've got a 13 year old that's like man my favorite movie is scream 6 okay we need to have another conversation right like that's <laughs> there there are things out there that we just need to talk about but meeting them where they are is something that we try to help other youth workers Navigate and understand, and a lot of the people that come and volunteer with us, I'm gonna be real with you. They either have kids or they work in youth ministry, and that's the vast majority of them, because that's the kind of people that naturally gravitate towards this kind of thing. Ah, man, I really like Marvel movies. Um, how do I use that as a way to to speak to my students or to engage with my kid? My kid won't shut up about Fortnite. How? What? What do I do here? How? How do I get them to stop playing Fortnite? It's a wrong question. How do you engage with them in Fortnite? That's the right question.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That that's really helpful to to hear. And, and yeah, and Marvel especially on this podcast is a is something we've looked at. Obviously, um, a number of movies now, and every new one that comes out, we did a the yeah. podcast a couple of weeks ago on on Quantum Mania, yeah. and again, chatted about that about what the hang in god and and depiction of somebody who is all powerful but yet then constrained by time yeah and and use that as a how you connect that to the the person of jesus and 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 someone a god who is not stuck within time but but has chosen manages within
1: it though yeah 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 that's interesting i know see i had not thought about that i like that that's that's a good conversation right there Mm. yeah i was talking with pastors uh, real quick, just while we're talking about Quantum Mania, because again, I could every single one of these is a podcast that, that we could have. Um, I was talking to pastors, and I I told them as like, hey guys, regarding Quantum Mania and the any any other Marvel movie that comes out, I was like, I really don't care if you like it or not. Go watch it, if for no other reason, so that you can slip a tiny reference into your sermon about it or so that you can talk to somebody and immediately, I mean, immediately connect with them Mm. because you are talking about a thing that they like. It's just a connection point. You don't have to know everything about it. And I'm not even saying go back and watch anything that was before, just watch everything going forward, right? Mm. Just be in the know about what's going on. So when somebody mentions Modoc and his God awful, you know, uh, uncanny Valley face that is in that movie, (laughs) you understand that reference right instead of going yeah. yeah i don't know i'm just not as i'm not hip with the kids stuff like nobody needs that mm. so yeah that's legitimate conversations that we're having every day yeah. about ongoing stuff in media mm.
0: so so what was it for you think thinking back of it were you always a, a kind of lifelong gamer but mm. but kind of at, at what point did the, the faith aspect and, and the gaming aspect come together and and I guess where you felt your calling into yeah. that field?
1: Great question. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So this is, this is the kind of uh, turning point of my testimony. Right. And <clears throat> I was, I was a youth leader, youth pastor at a church in West Texas and I was playing a game called DC universe online. It's an MMO. It's fantastic. It's still going. I don't really fully understand how, but it is um and I loved that game. I loved everything about that game. I would play that game forever. And I have like a major draw towards MMOs. Like it scratches every itch. I can check off some boxes. I can go and do some things. I can spend as little or as long in the world as I want to. There's no beginning or end. And it's a way for me to kind of just meet new people and be social. Um, And I'm I'm a social creature. I really am. I'm an extrovert. I love things like this. Hey, you want to hop on a Zoom call and do a podcast? I would love nothing more than to do that. Like that just, it's good for me. And so I was playing that and I was finding that I, you know, again, like I was in youth ministry and I'm spending tons of time doing this, playing this game. And I'm married, newly married. At this point, I'm probably three years, three and a half years into marriage, and those first five years of marriage are rough. They're hard. You're learning people; they're learning you. Um, you're trying to fix things, or you're not trying to fix them. <laughs> you know, kind of a deal. And so, I found myself playing so much of of the game that it was creating an issue in in my marriage. And this is like the seedy underbelly of, of video games and gaming mm. that we don't talk about very often from within inside, right? Um, but it did, it caused issues in my marriage. And the final crux for me was when there was a character in the game that I was playing with a, another person whose name was the name of my wife, Anna. And so I was talking to her using her game name, which was Anna, and not spending time and talking to my wife. And so she she said that afterwards. She was like, I cannot believe that you're spending this much time talking to somebody that has my name and you're not talking to me. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of at that moment that I was like, man, I, it caused a major rift in our, in our marriage and our relationship. And so I gave it up cold Turkey, cold Turkey, right? I'm a, I'm a white knuckler, man. I either do it or I don't. That's just, again, that's my personality. And so, um, ended up selling my PlayStation three and just getting rid of everything and doing all this stuff. And then it just kind of got to the point where it's not like I was just like itching and jonesing to play video games, but it's like, man, I really like this. I'm in youth ministry. These kids are talking about these things. It's, it just, it makes sense for me to do this. So we kind of talked about a, you know, a kind of a, a stepped progress towards getting back into video games and what that might look like. And so we ended up doing that, and I, you know, I kind of got back into the same things that I liked and enjoyed because they, they did, they brought some life and some, some fun, and you know, and it kind of got to the point where I told her I was like, look, if I'm going to do this, I'm gonna do video games again. I know where I'm going with it. I know, I know the trajectory that I'm on. I could either do nothing while I'm doing nothing because that's basically what video games are—just hanging out and, you know. I mean, you're, you're, you're building things in your brain and you know you can connect the synapses and all that stuff. Like, don't get me started on the science because it's fantastic. But I know what I was doing it for, which was none of those things, right? Um, it, was, it was as a community building escapism kind of thing. And I had all of that in my real life. I did not need to go to video games for it. And so I said, I can either do nothing while I'm doing nothing or I can do something while I'm doing nothing. And so I was like, I think that God is, I think God's calling me. And it wasn't, I think that's very specific. Like, I think God's calling me to do this. Um, Let's test it. Let's figure it out. And she initially was like, yeah, right. Sure. (laughs) He is guy. Um, And I was like, Hey, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to be like, he absolutely is. I need you to follow me on this. I was like, I don't, maybe he is. Let me do some research. Like what if I did it? And so I thought about what would it look like for me to do this? If I was playing world of Warcraft, right? Like how what would I do in the gaming space? And so I just decided specifically with World of Warcraft, not even with DC Universe Online, if I were to start like a Bible study or a church in a space in the Horde area known as the Barrens, like if I did Barrens chat Bible study, right? I, what would that look like? What would I even call that? So I just started with a name because I'm a branding guy. I've got a graphic design background. And so I start from the brand and kind of work work out from there. What would I call it? I would call it game church because that's what it is, right? Like it'd be church inside of game. I'm already a pastor. So this is easy. I could do this. I could, you know, I could, I can carbon copy it. Um, And so then I Googled that because Google is the thing that we do, you know, and game church was taken. The URL was taken and it was mad. I was like legitimately frustrated at the beginning. So, but then I started to look into game church and they were talking about going on this this thing called a video game mission trip, which, and we talked about this ad nauseum inside the organization, was just not true. It was not a video game mission trip. Like literally it was, hey, you want to come on a mission trip with us? Your video game mission trip is we're going to go to a physical location, put a booth inside a convention hall and tell people about Jesus. Okay. Um, that's not a video game mission trip. It's almost the opposite of a video game mission trip. But that's what we did. And so I decided I'm going to get involved with this organization because I know that this is a thing. Now I know that this is a thing that God is calling me to do because of the he's affirming along the way. Hey, there are other people that are doing this. Right. So I made a decision in my heart that I could either do the really Christian thing, which is start my own organization. See somebody else that's doing something. go, Nope. I could probably do that better. I'm going to start my own thing or I could Join them in their thing and do the thing that's a little bit harder, which is give over control and let other people guide me in this area that I'm just so absolutely fresh and green in. And so we did the we did the former uh, or the latter and not the former. Right. We we set out to do that and I vetted them and went on mission trips with them and then became the community manager and then worked my way up and, you know hung out with all them, got to know the leadership. And those were the people, the leadership of that organization were my five friends that we started Love Thy Nerd with when we Mm -hmm. moved over. And so it's a lifelong thing. Um, We don't fake it. If we find people that are faking it, we stop them and tell them to stop doing that because they're actually hurting the ministry that we're trying to do. We don't need somebody to come in and you know, some, some really, you know, old pastor to come in with his hat backwards and baggy jeans and go, Hey there fellow youths. Like that's not what we're doing, man. Like let's equip the people who are the nerds to go into those spaces. Like Mm -hmm. for me, anime, not my jam, dude, not even a little bit. Like I struggle heavy with anime. I mean, for a thousand reasons I do. Like I'll sit and I'll watch it and I'll like it, but I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about, you know, the, Thousand years of Dragon Ball Z or bleach or you know why one Punch man would beat Superman. like those aren't conversations I can hang in. I know all of those words because I have to be I have to be this deep in everything mm-hmm. so that I can have a conversation at at least a little bit with anybody. But there are some areas that I go real deep in. those are my those are my caverns, right? those those are my my channels in the ocean. But that's how I got into it. It really is was was finding things that I enjoyed. And finding other people that enjoyed those things and then joining them in ministry, which is like true, legitimate work of God, helping people understand that I'm not going to find the Jesus character in every single thing that you read, watch, play and experience. But I want to be able to have real world conversations and for you to see that I love Jesus, but I also love the things that you love, which Mm. is a shade of humanity that the church doesn't show people very often yeah no
0: that that's great and i think that's a a a really good kind of point to to end on as as we wrap up our time yeah uh, together if if youth workers listening wanted to to find out more or or to to get in touch and explore this whole side what how what would be the best ways to to do that
1: i would say our website lovethynerd.com um and it's not it's not love they nerd no e no t-h-e-y it's Love thy nerd. Just think the KJV, right? Um, We, we don't say KJV is, is the only Bible in the world, but that we're just, it's a play on words. We're just yeah. trying to be cheeky here, right? So L-O-V-E-T-H-Y-N-E-R-D, lovethynerd.com. Articles, resources, podcasts, videos, all sorts of stuff. And then that gets you hooked up with the things that we do on Twitch, lovethynerd.com slash Twitch and our YouTube lovethynerd.com slash YouTube. We just made it really simple. Everything is slash what you're looking for. And then also if you're a Discord user, that's the place where we really do the work. We go out and hang in short term in all these other places, but the real thing happens in Discord. That's where we believe the real uh, relationships are built. Um, And so that's, you guessed it, nerd.com slash Discord. Go Mm -hmm. hang out with us there. And then I would say, just reach out. Um, if you've got questions, you can send me an email, bubba, B-U-B-B-A, at lovethynerd.com, or hit me up on any of the uh, the places that I just talked to you about, social media, at lovethynerd. You can send us messages on there, and we'll get back to you. It's We want to be as accessible as possible, Stephen, and we are actually developing something called the Nerd Culture Ministry Summit. It's going to be in Texas, so if anybody is in in this area or stateside or you want to fly in from abroad, you're welcome to do that. It's going to be in November, and uh, first week in November, I think it's the 8th through the 10th, if memory serves me correctly. And what we're trying to do is to train, equip, and empower the church to go and do the work in their space. And it's in Texas because we're going to be creating a pocket of like a network, right, a support group of sorts where it's like, hey, you're trying to do this thing. Here are 10 other churches in your area that are also trying to reach nerd culture. Go and do great things together. And if it goes well in 2023, then in 2024, we move it to another part of the country. And then if that goes well, then we move it to another part and then think about going abroad, right? Like how do we take these things and not make it? You have to do things the love thy nerd way. But how do we just share the things that we know and the platform that we have with other people who are doing great ministry? Um, so that they can teach the church on how to better love and serve the nerds in their space, and so you can go and get more information about that at ncmsummit.com.
0: Great. Well, well thank you again, Bubba, for your for your time and sharing your thoughts and and, and something sort of the story and the ministry that that you're involved in. It's been a, a real pleasure to to chat to you, and, and so thank you very much.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.